0: Hello and welcome to Switzer Investing. I'm Peter Switzer. Thanks for joining me. And tonight's show, Rudy Philippek van Dyke, the founder of FN Arena, looks at uh, should you be positive on stocks in 2022. Plus, he gives us the stocks he reckons he's buying right now. Then Marcus Bogdan of the Switzer Dividend Growth Fund will be looking at what are his top stocks and why tech stocks have been back in favour this week. And then Michelle May of Michelle May Buyers Agents looks at the best-kept secret suburbs of Sydney. That's the show, so let's kick off with Rudy Filipec Van Dyke. Well, joining us now is the redoubtable, the renowned, the highly respected Rudy Filipec Van Dyke. Great to see you, mate.
1: What can I say? After such an introduction, um, my my work is done.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Your work goes before you. Now, Rudy, I've written this before and you and I have um, discussed, you know, uh, selling money and go away many times in our our life uh, uh, over the last 12, 13 years. But this year I wrote, buy before May, I wrote this on Monday, buy before May and stay. Let's debate that. What do you think?
1: <laughs> well, um, I, if, I'm, if my memory is correct, um, uh, at some point we also uh, discussed the fact that sell in May and go away only applies in, in normal patent years. And that means you actually start off on a, on a positive footing. And, yep. and that sort of tends to peter out around late April, mid May. Yep. And then the market goes to a tougher period. And then by September, we, we go really down. And by mid October, we uh, we set in the, the end of the year rally. Now, this year has has not followed that pattern. So from that perspective, uh, you may be right, Peter, you may be right. Uh, but I have to add from my, from my personal perspective, um, I think this is not a time to be to be overly bullish overly confident about what lays ahead um, I mean I would actually I mean I have written uh, that the the price action on the share market doesn't accurately reflect the the, the risks and the threats that are ahead of us yep. um, so I would actually caution I mean you may still be correct and, and I actually hope, For all of us, that you are correct, but uh, I also have said in the past that hope is not really good strategy. Um, So it's, it's. I think it's much better to to stay cautious here and to. um, I mean, it's it's not a time to to go overly bearish. I don't think, but it's also definitely not a time to be overly confident that all all shall end well. And 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 um, I mean, it goes without saying the market is 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 has. Quite some challenges uh, at this point in time. I mean, everything seemed okay over the past two years. We were coming out of COVID, and and sooner or later we will find a solution. But this year, it would appear that both left field and right field have thrown uh, a few spanners in the work, and and the market will have to will have to face them. And I, I think it's it's a, it's a gradual process. But I'd also think. Um, my, my cautiousness is already showing up here and there. I think this week we had a, a profit warning by Borough. Now that is uh, caused by, you could, you could say, by the, the changing climate out there or the, the, the more extreme events that are happening. But we also had a profit warning by uh, Fisher & Paykel Healthcare. And, um, and that I think is more the signal uh, leading into the to the August reporting season that more and more companies uh, are finding it difficult to, uh, to, to retain their margins, to retain uh, a positive momentum in their business because there are so many challenges out there that we didn't know last year that they were going to stick around for this long.
0: Yeah, and it's fair to say, uh, and, and, and the guts of my argument was, uh, and this week we've seen prices take off, so m- maybe Monday was the right time to take my advice, it, it goes up. It probably falls away because there are a lot of curveballs out there. By the way, it must be in be- in Belgium that they have spanners coming from left field and right field. I usually think there's curveballs, but you know, you Belgians can be very, very unusual at times. It's because we
1: don't play cricket. Peter. We <laughs> don't play cricket.
0: You, you play spanner cricket.
1: We're, we're cyclists in Belgium. We're cyclists. When okay. of
0: spanners needed when you're riding a bike. All right. So let's let's just go through those curveballs we've got. <laughs> Um, BA2 coming along. We've got China closing down uh, towns, which of course is not going to be good for the supply chain. Mm. You've got the Ukraine uh, war where we're trying to work out what Vladimir Putin can get up to. Um, we've got uh, a, a Fed now raising interest rates. And last week, it seemed to me Jerome Powell was saying, well, you know, growth is going to be really good in the USA. And I think that's part of the reason why the market was bought. Now this week, he's kind of sort of mm. saying, well, Mm -hmm. I might be really aggressive with interest rates. There seems to be so many different messages. That's why I think volatility will. But I do think somewhere along the line, Rudy, fund managers that made a lot of money out of the likes of BHP, Mm. energy, and even potentially financials will start saying at some stage, hopefully, when those curveballs are gone, you know, and let me say, it may well be. September, August, October, with a lot of those curveballs hopefully are gone. Mm-hmm. Then they'll say, well, look at those, those tech stocks. <laughs> they look cheap. Now, they've already gone a bit of a rush this week, but if, if we do get all those things get, getting out of the way, you is it fair to believe that growth could be really strong coming out of the, the rebound from all the, the mm-hmm. coronavirus problems? And therefore, growth stocks could do well because the world economy starts growing fast.
1: Yeah, it could be, but I think it's a bit early for that, Peter. I think the 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 major problem. Is that- really? Do you mean even even in October this year it could be too yeah. early? Yeah, 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 I think okay. so. I think so. Um, I think the one thing that you haven't summed up, and and, and that's that has my focus is um, the price of everything literally has gone up, and not just by a little bit, by a lot, and and, and now. We're talking um, lentils, wheat, bread, uh, moving into barley, moving into uh, steel, aluminium, oil, gas. Literally, everything has gone up in price. Now, that is going to have an impact on, on on budgets of households, and in particular, in in uh, in in um, countries uh, in in emerging markets, and and I would say Europe. Uh, but but Australia and the and the US will, will feel it as well. And then of course we have we have all the supply chains, the transports. Uh, I mean, all those costs they're not going to go away, and they will impact on businesses, as we for example now saw with the profit warning by by Fisher and Paykel. The problem here is is that um, the longer this goes on, and this sort of this related partially to what happens in the Ukraine and with Russia. But the longer this goes on the more difficulties we might see with with uh, business profits going forward and and so that's why the second half of this year might actually be a little bit early it might actually be in the midst of the downgrades basically so yeah. the market usually follows the direction of uh, of a profit forecasts and and i think we we might be in for for a for a period of, of downgrades to to profit forecasts and usually that means that we have lower share prices yeah.
0: I must admit, a lot of my analysis was uh, initially based on the the belief that a lot of the supply chain problems would start dissipating in the Mm. the last quarter or so of the year. But I wasn't expecting China to go into another lockdown, which, of course, Mm. means that the the inflation come down might be delayed till 2023. And also, we do know um, people... um, after they raise prices, aren't keen on cutting prices. And that, that could mean it, it could be around longer than I expect, mm. which mm. then could affect profits and therefore ultimately share prices. So watching inflation, yes. uh, probably even watching BA2 as well, how it affects the world, mm. could be the, probably the, 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 the thing to watch over the next month or two.
1: And the, and the problem also with the scenario going forward is that we, we, are all, we, we took it as a positive that the Federal Reserve went by 25 basis points. Mm-hmm. Um, but we sort of have ignored the fact that he is, he is giving messages that they might go by 50 next time and maybe by 50 again the next time after. So that is still a little bit of a, of a cold shower. We uh, will have to see how, how we take that as as, as, as a whole. Right. Uh, and of course, the, the big question also is is that um, given the, the inflation problems, is the economy strong enough? Not necessarily in the US, but we we have a global economy elsewhere, which is struggling with many, many factors. And, Liquidity withdrawing. We'll have to see. Bad things happen sometimes.
0: Okay, so, <laughs> so given your your caution, mm. um, are you negative or positive on stocks from here mm. to the end of the year? Yeah. And if you are, ha- if you surprisingly are positive, and you might say cautiously positive, <laughs> you know, um, are you expecting by the end of this year it could be. That the that the index would be slightly higher or mm. measurably higher mm. than, than we're at today.
1: The index is is now is now predominantly become a, a question of where do you think BHP will be by the end of the year. I mean that's yeah. it. I mean it's, it's now eleven and a half percent. It might be twelve if uh, if this situation uh, continues longer. I mean the last time I remember. Having one 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 company having such a big impact in Australia was News Corp in 2020 uh, in 2000 I mean without the 20 <laughs> and um, so but I'm not so much interested in 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 the index because I don't own BHP and and I've never been a big fan of, of the bank so I own lots of other companies and I am I'm not extremely negative here uh, but I, but I'm cautious as I mean so I I also own I have reduced my portfolio that I, that I manage into stocks that I'm really have a high conviction about that they will do well in a much tougher environment that lies ahead of us. And that includes potentially a stronger currency that includes uh, more pressure on household budgets, and, et cetera, and, and tightening central bankers and, and rising interest rates. I'm not so sure whether the bond deals have much further to go from here. But the bond market will remain volatile until we as a community become comfortable with the outlook of inflation and, 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 and um, the, the central bank actions. And that might take another half year or so, that might might take a few more months. Your question about uh, the, the technology stocks, I think what people should realize now is that the, the world has literally changed to a certain extent. And we move now into a phase where previously, everything that had a label of technology was viable and, and probably would do well. Now we're moving into a phase that we're now, um, we're now figuring out which technology stocks are actually of quality and which are not. Mm. And, um, and, and as an example, for example, one of the, one of the stocks in my portfolio, which we have discussed in the past a couple of times, is technology one. And um the track record of technology one is, is impeccable. It's it's I mean everyone would everyone in the sector would would uh, would kneel down and, and say like give, give give me one of those. Yeah. Um and, and 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 you would have also noticed that in the sell down that we've seen, the shares haven't sold off as much as, as many of the other stocks in the sector. And I remain convinced that, that is still a company to own for the at least next five years, if not 10 years ahead. And that's an example of that. I, I can't tell uh, with any conviction that uh, the, sh- the shares will rally next week or, in, or, or the month afterwards. But what I am convinced about is that since I own the stock and at some stage I, I might actually increase my, 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 my shares, my weighting in the portfolio still, and they are going to report in, in a few months time because they have a different uh, financial year. But it is still, I'm convinced, is still one of the backbones of your portfolio, and it won't do the same thing as, as, as many of the other, which are of less lesser quality. Now, we technology one is not the only technology stock we have in you know, Australia which is of high of high quality, but some of those companies, like for example A Zero, they are officially at face value not profitable, um, and 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 people might might treat it uh accordingly although that's probably not the way to treat it so there might have a lot more volatility going on but on the assumption that um, we will we will avoid a recession uh later this year or in or next year because if a recession happens then they are obviously they, they are uh, um, predominantly servicing small and medium companies and, and they might go through a little bit of a tough time down because they have they've never had a recession. Uh, recessions don't come, don't come along uh, too often. Um, and that's the big question mark that also I, I hangs ahead of the sector, of course. I mean, I would argue that a, a fish on pickle healthcare is technology. I mean, it's actually high tech and they just issued a profit warning uh, this week. So we have to be a little bit careful because rising costs um, is, is not something that is only beholden to financials and to industrials uh, technology stocks will have to deal with that as well okay but if I if I would have to put one one forward and I and I I said I own it and I will own it for a very long time it's technology one
0: okay what about the the potential big gainers away from even your own portfolio but they may well be in your portfolio what are the potential big gainers you'd you'd stick your neck out on given the fact you're cautious and in the past you and I've talked about this and we've been through tough times and you you still can identify reliable players often you've gone for dividend players during this uh plays d- during this type of time for people who are, who are watching new to investing and they look at you and say this guy is a, an old um, expert or just a, no a middle-aged expert <laughs> <laughs> so give 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 us some reliable names that you think will do well this year
1: well I'll, I'll, just, I'll just make this very simple. I mean, I, I own these shares, so yeah. that, that probably makes it, uh, makes it uh, the easiest way forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have these extraordinary companies like a Car Sales, REA Group, and a Seek, which, which come, come out of the 90s. And, 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 I mean, and we've talked about these stocks forever for and ever. Right? Um, oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It would appear at this point in time that the, the better prospects are with Seek. And and I own Seek and, and, uh, and, and from, from what I do with FN Arena, we obviously we, we see what all the analysts are saying. After the sell down, and the seek has has, has been sold off quite quite heavily, um, almost every analyst who covers the company thinks it's 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 undeservedly cheap here. Um, and there's, so there's a lot of conviction out there that seek will do well and has not been treated well. Now, it has already rallied a little bit i think the last share buys around 29 30 so it's no longer in the mid 20s but if everything goes well some analysts think it's a 40 dollar stock so there's a lot of potential there but that potential may not necessarily come tomorrow because at this point in time the market is very much besotted with with energy stocks and with with um, with uh, mining stocks and there's no attention for the others but as we both know at some point the attention will shift to the industrials or to the, I mean, you can argue there's technology with, 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 with SEEK. Yeah. And so the market will at some point will, will jump on the fact, and maybe that will happen in August when they when they report their numbers. Um, I mean, they did it in February and the result was much better than, than anyone expected. Right. But the problem in February was absolutely, there was no attention for, for stocks like SEEK. It just wasn't happening. It was a wrong time. And, and so that news has gone a little bit lost in, in, in the market noise. But if they can repeat it again in August, maybe we do see that at, uh, trending towards $40. I mean, and that would be definitely a, a, a number one stock to have, I think. Uh, another one which I'll throw in, which is, is smaller cap, but equally um, solid and, and promising and, and, and sturdy, reliable. And that's IDP Education. Uh, the company called this IEL. Uh, Again, I've owned it for a while. I've I've done really well. Um, The the philosophy here is that crisis, like we had with COVID and the lockdowns, it makes the strong companies stronger. And this is a market leader in in global um, English um, language tests, which for those who are not familiar with it, if... All those students from emerging countries like India and who wanna come and study in the US, in the Britain, in Australia, they have to do an English language test. Otherwise they can't be allowed to go to university. They won't be allowed in. So this company is basically gradually uh, transforming into the monopolist for -hmm. that that, uh, type of test globally. And by default does a a recovery uh, play and a play of like the stronger getting stronger, and then and it's I mean it's number one in that sector. Mm-hmm. I also I also happen to know, by the way, that um, some of your viewers they they get a little bit sick and tired of me when I ever when I mention CSL. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But but let's get over this. Um, I recently bought some extra shares in CSL because I still own it, mm-hmm. and in similar fashion as with uh, with Seek, I I think it has it has suffered a little bit the company and the share price because it was the business model was disrupted because of COVID. and 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 of course it would appear if i look forward to the to the next let's call it two three years i see an environment where where csl will again come to the fore and will prove will prove the data as well and, and there comes a time beyond the next uh, rally in, in commodities that that CSL will find its 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 mojo again and will and will start to shine. In okay. particular, in particular, if we're getting an environment where uh, earnings forecasts are falling and companies are issuing profit warnings and and and, and etc that is an environment when you want to go to the to the reliability and the safety of of CSL. Uh,
0: one last one before you go. And I can't resist it because historically you've often liked this company, but they've lost their they're really well known ceo bebcorp
1: what's your yes. position on bebcorp well we, we we spoke about bebcorp uh, uh, peter and, and for memory that was um, november or december last year i think mm-hmm. and at the time i said I, oh, I i remember now at the time i said i was reconsidering my uh, position in the company i've sold now mm-hmm. i've sold and 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 the the Conflict between the board and the CEO, who basically built built the company, mm. uh, that was obviously that was a, a major reason behind uh, the fact that I, I decided that the risk the risks are now too high. I think. I mean, I mean they, they issued a very they updated a very um, solid result in in February still, um, but I think that there, there's now big question marks. Um, how they're gonna how they're gonna do it without the the main engine that basically has taken the company to where it is and and again there are i mean it's 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 a it's a wonderful business model but sometimes you have to you have to accept that the risk reward has shifted a little bit and i think it's 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 not clear whether it's now skewed towards a positive outcome
0: really philip van dyke of fn arena thanks very much
1: always a pleasure peter
0: Well, my next guest is Marcus Bogdan, the fund manager of the Switzer Dividend Growth Fund and the founder of Blackmore Capital. Great to see you, mate.
2: Terrific, Peter.
0: Uh, It's been an interesting week, hasn't it? And uh, as we we speak, uh, we know markets were a bit spooked last night because of the Ukraine war, the big inflation number in the UK, Mm -hmm. and BA2 starting to worry a lot more people. So we could have a a negative day, but this week's been pretty good for the stock market. How come?
2: It has. Well, commodity prices are still high um, and you saw them rallying overnight. Uh, And obviously, oil and energy uh, has been incredibly topical given what's happening Mm. uh, in Ukraine. Uh, So that's been a beneficiary in the market. Uh, And then also, you know, the banks in a potentially higher interest rate environment uh, are also um, improving uh, in terms of their share prices Mm. uh, on the Australian Bourse. Miners and banks are the sort of the bellwethers for the Australian share market.
0: Yeah, and I noticed that the unit price of uh, Switzerland and Growth Funds got to 269. I think the all time high is about 272. Mm-hmm. So clearly you hold banks and you hold miners, so it's mm. been good for the fund.
2: It has. I mean, we've got a, a, our largest position is BHP, mm. and I was, I was just at a breakfast where I heard that BHP. Dividend is the second highest in terms of dollar value in the developed world. It's mm. much higher than the banks, yeah. uh, and that's because of uh, very good cap capital discipline yeah. uh, and also the cash flow that's generated from these higher commodity prices. Yeah.
0: Despite your progressively strong hairline, you, you have been around the traps for some time. It's not, miners are never ever long term. Income plays, but at the moment is just so hard to walk away from it, isn't
2: it? It is, and uh, and uh, today, BHP, with the discipline around their their capital their capital position, uh, and the fact that these commodity prices have been so elevated for such for such a long time, um, uh, has supported their their share price. Yeah,
0: is, is there going to be a time when you think you're going to have to? Uh, bite the bullet and switch, rotate out of the miners into other ones?
2: Well, the, the trajectory of economic activity, I think, in a, in a more recessionary environment, we're certainly not calling that at all yet uh, but mm. then you would see a slowing of those commodity prices mm. and so ultimately yet yeah, we have to be absolutely acutely aware mm. um, of, of, of the miners and the history.
0: So the decision has to be made after every dividend payment, is this the, the last good one Yes, and that's, that's yeah. the big gamble you're going to take. Yeah. Um, we also know that tech stocks kind of got forgiven this week after being really um, belted up probably mm-hmm. since January but even yeah. a little bit before maybe. Uh, are some fund managers looking at the, at the sell-off and thinking this is they've gone too far? Therefore, there's some long-term value and picking them up at low prices.
2: I think to put it into perspective, I think the valuations uh, pre the sell-down were absolutely excessive, and you could see that between mm. the high PE stocks in the market and the low PE stocks, and that gap had never been wider, mm. Why, and, and as just as wide as as the 2000 period, and yep. so. However, um, that has compressed a little bit. I think as an investor, the attention would be on those high quality tech, tech companies mm. or digital companies such as REA mm. or Zero, or where they've got a, you know, a very strong subscription base. Yeah. So I think it's becoming more interesting and it does warrant attention, but I do think that the risk is still further on the yeah. downside. Because
0: not all the stocks in your fund. A dividend page, like for example, you've got CSL, it pays dividend, but it's a small dividend. Yes, You've got that for the, the growth part of the yes. dividend growth fund. So uh, will there come a time where you'll have to toy with maybe adding some tech stocks to the fund?
2: Potentially. I mean, it is it is a, a, a balance because we want to definitely keep that dividend yield quite quite high. Yeah. And it is being elevated because you're getting such a good dividend yield, particularly from the the BH, BHP. Yeah. But also, the other important attribute of the fund is that we want the dividends to grow over time and certainly at a faster rate than inflation. And we, we're getting that at the, at the moment. So it is a, it is a balancing act, mm. uh, but we will definitely consider some of those stocks at the right price. Okay.
0: Um, I mentioned earlier, you know, BA2, inflation, um, interest rate rises, the war. Putting it all together, are you still cautiously positive on stocks?
2: Yes, hmm. uh, there are uh, extraordinary challenges in the in the world that we're we're navigating at the moment. Lots of uncertainty, but then we look at well, what's actually happening at a at the economy level and what's happening at the at the company level, uh, and we're still seeing profits grow, uh, particularly in Australia. And I think we are very lucky where we are Australia in terms of where our geography is and where our mix of assets of agriculture, energy, mining, are, uh, and very, very strong corporate balance sheets. Mm. And we do expect that earnings for the Australian market for the full year of 2022 will still grow at around 10%, which is above average, and importantly for our uh, income investors, we do expect to see the same level of income growth as mm. earnings growth.
0: And even though you do shoot for growth, I guess in reality, because you're, uh, in a majority sense, a income fund, that makes you relatively defensive anyway, because even if the the share prices come off, the income doesn't necessarily change that much, unless it's a serious recession. Yes,
2: a- a- absolutely, and I think that's a really important point, because we want to have the attributes of Earnings quality, earnings resilience. And so, you know, companies like, a, 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 you know, a Woolworths or a, a West Farmers have got long histories of navigating through a range of different economic cycles, yeah. still being able to, to maintain their earnings and, importantly, their dividends.
0: OK. Here's the question everybody wants me to ask you. Has there been a new addition to the fund? And if so, or what was the latest um, addition to the fund, and what was it? why
2: yeah so we we are definitely a low turnover fund we mm. want we want to hold our companies for the long term and get the benefit there of, of comp- compounding mm. um, we have participated in a, a recent rights issue and that was um integral diagnostics which mm. we think that's a radiology play and we do and we've, we've spoken about this mm. before mm. we do think that healthcare is in a very strong position to to recover. Yeah. Um, and we've had a number of conversations with um, uh, short-stay hospitals and and just seeing elective surgery starting to come back. And so there is a, a strong representation in the portfolio in healthcare and mm. hence also more resilient. Areas. Is that a dividend play or a growth play? It's more of a growth play and a recovery play. Mm. Uh, it still does pay a dividend, sort of mm. two to three 3%, mm. uh, but we do expect that earnings will grow nearly to sort of 10% and we expect to see that the recovery in the dividend as well. Okay.
0: Marcus, thanks for sharing insights. Terrific. That's Marcus Bogdan, Blackmore Capital and the Switzer Dividend Growth Fund. Well, at a time when uh, property is under a bit of pressure, with talk about rising interest rates and the suggestion that prices might ease up this year and even go negative in 2023, I'm catching up with Michelle May, who's a buyer's agent based in Sydney. Hi Michelle, how are you going? Good, how are you? So just for the sake of my audience, what's the name of your business? I know it's the most obvious uh, name.
3: <laughs> it's Michelle May Buyer's Agents.
0: Yeah, uh, funny that, yeah. isn't it? Funny that. <laughs> okay. It's easy to remember. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's alliteration as well, that always works in the mm-hmm. media. So, so what, what's your feeling, you know, you're out there obviously helping people to buy properties, it would have been a lot tougher last year I would have thought with the boom really in, in full cry. Are you starting to see more buying opportunities for people at the moment?
3: Yes, absolutely. Um, Every market has its challenges. Uh, Last year, it was the enormous amount of demand of buyers out there and the lack of supply. Mm. This year, it's a different kind of problem uh, because whilst there is a lot more supply, uh, it is very um, difficult to sort of pitch where the price, the purchase price of the property should be. So some properties are still going gangbusters with 11 to 15 Uh, People register to buy and other properties have maybe one or two registered bidders or or get passed in and get sold prior. So this market is all about knowing what to pay for which property.
0: Okay. You you work primarily in Sydney, is that right? Yes. Okay. Now, given that, um, uh, what are you seeing? What suburbs seem to be doing better than others in terms of price? And therefore, the flip side is where are the buying opportunities?
3: Um, I think it always comes down to supply and demand. So uh, obviously the the inner 10k radius of the CBD, where there is a limited new supply of houses in particular, you know, they always seem to perform the strongest in terms of if the market does come down, they still have that underlying demand. So the further afield suburbs, where there is always a new supply of properties being built, um, you know, that equation changes. And so there will be more opportunities to purchase well. We even saw, um, with within the apartment market within that 10 radius of the CBD when COVID hit and that international demand from foreign students fell away and the investor market fell away. There was really good opportunities there and continue to be now. Um, but that will change once there's more people coming in from abroad again.
0: Okay, so people who may well be kicking themselves that they didn't have the guts to buy inner-city apartments during the 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 height or the the lows of the coronavirus there's still a bit of a buying opportunity there
3: yeah, absolutely. But you, like I said before, you really have to take it on a case-by-case basis, uh, particularly with strata. You really have to delve further into you know, the strata community, the health and wealth of the building, mm. uh, to make sure that you are actually getting a good buying opportunity uh, as opposed to buying a dud that you're going to have to have problems with in, in renting out or selling further down the track.
0: Okay. As an economist, I know there's two major forces affecting where prices go. One is cyclical, and we know we've been in a cyclical upturn, but there's also structural changes. And I think the fact that people now want to work from home, is going to be a really big thing for the economy. That's going to be a structural change. What impact is that having on house prices?
3: Well, I think we already have seen the result of that in the last 18 months. And that is one of the major factors why the house prices went so absolutely berserk also in the regional areas, because the areas that were traditionally seen as you know holiday areas um, that weekender areas um, lifestyle areas were now seen as real options to live and work from home long term Um, but I do think that that demand for that area those areas are is going to drop off as more and more employers are really saying well it was all well and fun whilst we had COVID but now that things are returning to normal we do want you back in the office Mm -hmm. at least a number of days and so those regional areas are going to drop off uh, with that demand. I, I am seeing that already.
0: Okay, so, but does it mean that where it might be difficult for someone to uh, force their boss to accept them living in Coffs Harbour when, when the business is in Sydney, what, what mm. about areas like the Blue Mountains, um, Wollongong, uh, Newcastle, which yeah. are, are pretty easy commutes a couple of days a week, If they, are they holding up their values because they are more accessible to the office type situation.
3: Yeah, they are. They are, as long as you're within commutable distance and there are forms of public transport. I think public transport is key here uh, that you're not just relying on your car. Uh, I think those will be, you know, and those big satellite, the city light cities are growing further because there is, you know, there is more opportunities in terms of what you can afford there. So uh, people, families, particularly young families are moving there permanently, you know, Gong, Newcastle, uh, because they offer that lifestyle that people are looking for. but the more remote areas like you mentioned, they are really going to suffer greatly.
0: Okay, Michelle, you know, I, I, I don't um, uh, let people like you off the hook. You're going to have to name some really good areas <laughs> that people should be looking at if they're looking for value. Come on, give us some names. Yeah. Name names.
3: Okay, name names. Um, I'm thinking Arncliffe, Bexley, south of the Cook's River, Mm. uh, out of the floodplains, can I just Mm. add, um, you know, where there is good public transport within commuting distance stills to the city. Also, um, you know, further south, as long as there is a train station. uh, But I think particularly Arncliffe, Bexley, 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 lovely pockets that people haven't really discovered as of yet. Mm. Um, Great affordability for young families to buy houses still.
0: Yeah, and it's not really far from the water. If you wanted to drive down no. to Brighton Sands or something like that, it's not all that far, is it?
3: No, not at all. It's actually really. Um, I'm surprised that um, people haven't don't really know what it is or where it is. So yeah. um, I might have shot myself in the foot there now. You know, letting the cat out of the bag. But well,
0: <laughs> no, that's that's what, that's what you're here for, not to uh, keep that's uh, right. keep secrets. Uh, and and uh, those areas. Sure, great for for families who who Mm. want access to the city as well because they're they're on train lines. But what about, uh, are they good for investors? Will tenants be happy to live in those areas, do you think?
3: Yeah, I think ultimately tenants want the same as homeowners. You know, they want a safe haven. They want something that's clean, that's tidy, uh, that they can make their own and live long term. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they're looking for the same things. They're looking for public transport. They're looking for, you know, somewhere to park their car if they have one. They're looking for good internal light, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, not to be on a main road, Uh, have, you know, all those kinds of things. So as long as investors are looking for scarcity, I think that's really important. And that's what, you know, the evidence is there that in, in areas of high density, that's where you suffer the, the greatest because there's always such a, a huge amount of supply on the market for sale and for rent. So if, if investors look for, for scarcity and then, and then add to that a good quality property, I think they would do very well.
0: Michelle May, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. And that's Michelle May of Michelle May Buyers Agents. And that's the show for this week. Thanks for joining us. I'll see you on Monday. And remember, if you want more information about what we do here, you can go to switzer.com.au and if you want some insights on the stocks that are worth buying or selling, have a look at theswitzerreport.com.au. Thanks for joining me. See you on Monday.